Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis. I'm so happy to be with you here today. You're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. I'm so excited to be talking to you about this topic of be responsible for your feelings. And what does that mean? This is something I coach my clients on constantly. It's something that I do my own work because instead of offloading our hurt to others, it's about feeling our feelings and being able to move through them and really being responsible for how we show up in the world. Many years ago, I interviewed uh, Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor. She wrote the book, My Stroke of Insight. It's a New York Times bestseller. I'll put the link of the interview in the show notes. And here's the thing that she learned because when she was 37 years old, she had a stroke and she's a Harvard trained neuroanatomist. And when she was in the hospital, she lost her ability for language. And because that was a part of the brain that had damage and she was very susceptible to people's energies. And one of the things that she taught me was hospitals were just a horrible place to recover because there's all sorts of people's energies coming in, especially even in the night. You know, if if a nurse or a doctor came in and they were agitated about somebody else, they could come in and she could feel that energy coming off of them. And that could be disruptive for her own healing. And so she learned, and one of the things that she taught me many years ago, this is probably back in 2009, was this idea of being responsible for the energy you bring into a place. Because while you may look a certain way, we can actually feel what you're feeling. And one of the things that she had to do was to heal her brain was really be responsible for the energy that was brought into the space and and how she was able to take care of herself, especially with this ability to not have language at the time. Like she didn't know what a mother was. She had lost that language ability. And so when everybody was really excited that her mom was coming, her mom was coming, she's like, oh, this is great. My mom is coming. My mom is coming. But she didn't know what that meant. But she could pick on other people's excitement. So I want you to think about that. Like when we go to a concert and we're all jumping around and, and we can feel that, that vibration, that good vibration, it feels really good. Or if you go into a celebration of life or a, a service, a funeral service, and you can feel that energy. And those are vo- both very appropriate places. Just notice that of how our energies can switch, shift or we listen to music. I mean, that's why athletes will listen to music prior to racing to get them into that energetic zone. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about this today in this episode about being responsible for your energy, because this is really a transformative situation. Um, Last week, it was the end of the week. It's towards the end of summer for us. And the end of the week, is kind of a shit show in my house. We're all tired and grumpy, trying to get things picked up so that the cleaning uh, service that comes the next day can do it. And this is when we're not at our best. And this is when I'm not my, at my best. And last week was compounded in the fact that I was going away for the weekend with the monsters. We're going to go camping and rafting and that sort of thing, which is a whole nother story. But, um, and I was feeling a lot of pressure of, I've got so much to do and I had this thought in my head that was really toxic, I shouldn't be going because I have all this work that needs to be done. And trying to get out and I've been picking up people's energy through the day. And 
Some people, while I'm prepared with my clients to hold that space, but some people, especially my family or my husband, I'm not ready to do that. And so I picked up people's energy. And then by the time it's 8.30 and the stress levels are getting higher and I want him to get stuff done and wrapped up so I can get to bed for my early morning rollout to head down to the meet and then the camping trip, that's when I became less responsible with my energy. And it is not pretty because we're all tired. I'm really good at offloading my pain. And when I think about the pain and the emotions is that it's like almost like a basketball or a hot potato. And you're like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable. I guess it's a hot potato, right? Not a basketball. But this is so uncomfortable. I'm going to throw it off to you. You catch it. Think about that when you do that in your life or when others do that to you. And it feel it doesn't feel good. And so I'm really amazingly good at offloading to my family. It's not pretty. It's not something I'm proud of, but this is about me owning my story so that I can work on changing it. Okay. And a lot of times it really doesn't have anything to do with them. It's the buildup. And it was interesting because after that happened that night, I started looking at what went on and it was kind of like this problem and this problem and the dumping and other people not being responsible with their feelings. And then that buildup where then I just became a volcano and I offloaded my own pain. So it doesn't have to do with them. It has to do with what am I going on? And oftentimes we may even blame others and say, you made me do this. I really try not to do that because I've never liked when that was done to me. And that's also rooted in shame. I'm not saying that I don't do that because I'm not at all perfect. But those are ways that we offload pain and it actually does damage to the relationships that we love, to the people that we care about. And one of the things that we do is, oh, well, this is my family. These are my kids that always love me. And so they, you know, they see all of us, right? Like my husband loves me and he knows all of me. You know, there's great things about me and there's not so great things. And he loves all of me and I love all of him. But there's also a tolerance for how much offloading of pain that we can feel from other people. And especially when we have powerful energy, when I'm talking about energy today, I'm talking about in terms of our emotions, you know, people who have just this fierce emotions and you can feel it and it's, it doesn't have to be bad. It can be great emotions and it can be empowering. So like Oprah Winfrey has phenomenal energy and it's very empowering energy and it's very confident energy. And we could feel that through the television. Whereas there could be also people like I was really good at having pity party energy, especially in junior high. I like to really, you know, um, indulge in that. Or like in high school, somebody posted on Facebook this week about the Smiths. Remember them? Morrissey? Was it Morrissey and Smiths? But I remember I love that kind of like sad, droopy music, depressing. That was very depressing energy. And that stuff I don't really have tolerance for anymore um, in my own personal life for entertainment. Another way to that we hide from our responsibility with our feelings is by not knowing shame. My work is in shame because when we don't know it and don't understand it, shame hijacks your life. It absolutely hijacks your life. You know, all those self-sabotaging things you do that don't make intellectual sense because you know better and, and then you beat yourself up. Well, it's because you don't, because shame is writing shotgun in your lives and you don't even know it. So that's why so much of the work that I do is rooted in this whole idea of shame resilience, understanding shame. And remember, it's that voice of you're not enough. Who do you think you are? It's also the voice of you're too much. I'm not enough. I'm too much. That pendulum swing. So it's important to know shame and to understand it. What are the stories that trigger shame? 
inside of you? What are the voices? I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm a fraud. And my insides don't match my outsides, which is really common. But when you understand these are the stories and this is these are the triggers, instead of creating this situation where shame is your hot potato, where you're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible feeling. I don't like it. Let me throw it off to you. And then we gladiate onto others or we gladiate onto ourselves or we numb ourselves with food, drinking, internet, television, and we hide away. So it's about instead of offloading our feelings, it's about feeling our feelings and learning how to move through it. And then when you can understand shame and you know shame, you're not going to be necessarily in this place where you're offloading the pain. This week, I've had several clients and um, mind you, my clients are smart. They're intelligent. On the outside, they look like they have these fantastic lives. And on the inside, they're a hot mess. And I get the privilege of being able to help them bring those two together so that their insides match their outsides because these people are perceived as strong and totally have it together. And on the insides, they're learning to move through the shame. They're learning like, oh, this voice is actually a lie or I am good enough and it's okay. There's some things that I struggle with and it doesn't mean I'm not good enough. So they're learning how to move through this shame and be more responsible for their feelings and letting go of that voice of I'm not enough. And this week, a couple of my clients had were in meetings. They were separate sessions that I did, but there was the same theme where someone tried to use shame to get my clients to agree to something that was not in my client's best interest or even in their organization's or company's best interest. And here's something that's really important. And this is another reason why we need to be responsible for our feelings is that shame is highly contagious. It's highly contagious. So my two clients didn't even realize that they were going through shame, like they were feeling this person's shame until we broke it down in our session. And the thing about shame is it goes down somebody's pant leg across the floor. It's very sneaky, very, very quiet. And then it very discreetly goes up your pant leg, keeps going up around your shirt and then up around your neck. And it slowly tightens and tightens and tightens. And here's the thing. You're not even sure what is happening, but you're extremely uncomfortable. And that's where the offloading of pain can come and you're not your best self. Do you ever have that situation where you may be in a meeting and you gladiate onto somebody else and later you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? That was not my best version of me. That's not even who I like to be. And you want to run away and quit your job and move far, far away so that nobody can ever see you again. So shame is highly contagious. And what my clients were experiencing was a colleague of hers um, was trying to use shame to get her to do what she wanted to do. And my client gets on our session and goes, I literally want to kill him. She's like, and I'm a pacifist. And she's like, why do I feel this way? What is happening? And we had to break it through where she realized that he was probably experiencing shame and he was offloading it onto her and it was highly contagious and she was catching it. And then she wanted to gladiate back. Now she didn't do that because our work is about how do you stand your sacred ground? Don't shrink, don't puff up, stand your sacred ground, be the best version of you, right? It's already inside of you. It's not like something you have to go and create. You already have this inside of you. What happens is, again, when we don't know shame 
it gets in the way of who we are. And then that's the sabotaging of ourselves, right? Because if she said something, you know, she's not going to kill him because she's a pacifist, even though inside she wants to. But if she could say something that would be very demoralizing to him, and that's not going to be good for their working future, right? So that would be her way of offloading pain, gladiating onto him. But when she, she didn't do that, unfortunately, we had our session and we can unpack this. And she was able to unpack some of the stories that she had about him in her head. So his shame then triggered her own beliefs. And that's where all this feelings even, you know, uh, accelerated more so because our feelings come from our thoughts. So we can feel somebody else's feelings and then we add our thoughts to it and we create this tremendous dirty pain. And her stories were, he's going to play me. He's going to get me to do things I don't want to do. Right. And she's like, I'm, I'm not going to see it coming. And she's really, really smart, you know, and she realized that she's really good at contracts. And so he can't play her. And she was able to handle the situation really well. But then here's the thing. She handled that part, those interactions well, but then that afterwards, the indulging in the drama, the, the energy inside of her, there was a cost to her and it went on. I remember I had come back from a conference from an event and I was feeling really good. And, you know, and one of the things that I've learned over time is that as I'm going to the pool, I know that there can be lots of potential problems and I'm the person that everybody comes to see because I'm the leader, I'm the executive director. And that day, for whatever reason, I was just, I didn't armor myself up. I was feeling really good. I'm like, this is a great state. I showed up and um, it must have been just like my older group of kids. And so there really weren't parents around. And I was sitting there and coached. And I, after practice, I was sitting there waiting for uh, my daughter to get done. And then we were going to go home. And a parent came in and she's not responsible for her energy. She actually got a lot better. And she comes in through the doors and it's like, whoosh. And I could feel and just blasted. And she wasn't mad at me. It was just the day that she had and she went on about it. And I just listened and, you know, I was very polite about it. And my daughter and I left. And I remember driving through town going, what's going on? I was feeling so good. What happened? And just so happened, one of my colleagues who's been on my show, my friend Renee called me and I was talking to her. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't really know what happened. Like I was feeling really good. And all of a sudden now I'm feeling horrible and I don't even know what happened. And then as I was talking to her, I realized what had happened. I picked up this woman's energy because I didn't have like, um, not my shields, but I just, I didn't have kind of like uh, my energy protected. And so one of the things that Renee helped me do was do some grounding exercises so I could kind of remove some of that. And so now one of the things that I imagine, especially when I'm going to the pools or I'm walking into situations or if I'm speaking is to not, to not take on other people's energy is one is water for me is very soothing. I'm a blue brain. Water for me is very soothing. So like Years ago, I was doing some stuff at Harpo and uh, I was in Chicago and I was with my girlfriend and we had this busy day and there's all this energy and there's all this excitement and um, we went shopping and I love Michigan Avenue and, but all of a sudden I felt like there's all this energy that I've picked up. Can we, can we walk to Lake Michigan? I need to do that. And she's like, that's too far. So fortunately we walked along the river, uh, the riverfront and that for me was very soothing. So I know that about me. Water is very soothing. I don't necessarily have to get in it anymore, but being around it is very, very soothing for me. So I envision 
those water fountains. They're not water fountains. I've got to figure out what the name is. So if you know, please email me. But those, it's like a water wall. I think we used to have these at Disneyland. I can't remember where I saw it. Or maybe it was our farmer's market where water comes out of the ground and it builds this like wall. So I can see you kind of out there, but you're not going to walk through water to come to me. So I'm pretty safe and I'm definitely safe from your energy. So that's what I imagine of my energy, especially when I go out into the public areas. And one of the things that's really important is that I manage that sort of energy. And here's another way of how shame shows up. So another client of mine was in a meeting and was shamed for not properly handling her finances. This is according to him and the stories that he had. They weren't true stories, according to my client, but this was his story. So he was shaming her for not handling her finances and compared her to others and how they were able to do it so much better. That is a form of shaming somebody. It's comparison. It's telling them they're not doing it good enough and not having the facts of the situation. And so my client has gotten so much better at doing this where she wasn't defensive and she just listened to what had to be said. And in the old olden days, she would have reacted and, you know, uh, She's a very strong, powerful woman and would have probably blasted him, but we've done a lot of work on this. And then the next day she was exhausted and she couldn't figure out what it was. But that's what the happens with the indulging in the drama. That's what happens when we take on other people's feelings. Because you see, he's in this shameful place of there's not enough money, so let me go and blame somebody else. And as we're able to unpack this and she could see this and then remind herself, because when she is at her best is when she's so grounded, when she's not shrinking and she's not puffing up. Her go-to like me is tends to be puffing up. You're going to mess with me, bring it on. I'm taking you down. And, but it's very taxing onto our bodies. It may feel powerful in the moment, but it's really, really draining afterwards. It's kind of like binge eating. Maybe you feel really good in that moment and you get that hit and those dopamine hits. And then afterwards it's, there's the self-hatred is high. The feeling of having this food in your body doesn't feel good. So it's the same thing or it's drinking, whatever we do in excess. So those are two examples of, or a few examples of what happens when people offload their shame and remembering that that people are going to do that. They're not going to be responsible and they're not, this is higher level work that I'm talking about here, but about you being responsible because we don't want to be contributors to our families, to our workplaces, to our communities in that manner. We want to be responsible for the energy we bring into the space because shame is highly contagious and we don't want to bring shame in. Like think about it during the flu season. A lot of times we're really respectful of, oh, I'm sick and I don't want to go out and spread this. And we want to do that with shame because we all feel it and that's fine because as long as we know how to move through it, but so many people don't. And that's why we want to be responsible with our feelings because it's not about this idea of hurting other people, which you've heard me talk about because we can't really hurt other people because our feelings come from our thoughts, but we need to be responsible for the feelings that we bring in. So like in my client who was in the meeting, she could have said, the old her would have said, he hurt me because he was saying all these lies publicly about me. And he was very disrespectful. But what she's realizing is that she's feeling his shame. And then it's up to her if she's going to buy into the stories. And if she doesn't buy into the story, she can standard sacred ground and say, actually, this is the truth. Here are the actual numbers. 
in a very matter of fact way. And you've been in those kind of meetings where it's like, oh, the perfect person didn't have to puff up. They didn't shrink. They just said it very matter of factly in their confidence and they held their sacred ground and it was very effective. I used to think power came from, let me be big and loud. Let me talk over you. Let me take you down. That's actually not power. That's just gladiating. And that is why it's so important to be responsible for your feelings, because then you can show up and be your best self. Now that you know this work, you're going to want other people to be responsible for their feelings. They're not going to know this, right? This is between you and I. We're doing high level work. One of the dads of one of my swimmers, and it's so funny, it's ironic, I guess, because he was a great swimmer himself. And one of the things that I learned about him this summer is he is a hot mess. His son gets really anxious. He gets anxious. The two of them feed off of each other, not in a very good way. And so like his wife and I have now banned him. We're like, you need to go get a job at a meet because you're in, I could feel it. Like the first meet that he was at that I was engaged with him, it was like, I could feel his anxiety come up because he wasn't quite sure. Should he be making his kid do this? Should he not? And I just said, we don't force kids. We cajole them and we help them get over the obstacle because what happens all of a sudden, we get really, really excited to do something. I don't care if you're six years old as a swimmer or you're starting a new job or you're going to go on a trip, especially for me for travel. We get really, really excited to do something. Then it comes and it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. Like, I can't tell you how many times I would love to cancel a trip, a concert or whatever, like the rafting trip last weekend, because I'm like, oh, I have more to do or the uncertainty or the vulnerability of it all. Right. And that's no different with my little swimmers where they're really, really excited the whole 90 minutes driving down to the swim meet. And then they get out of the car and they're like, huh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is too much because of the stories of what are other people going to expect of me? What happens if I don't do it right? All of that creates a lot of problems and it creates that additional anxiety. And then the kid also feels it from the dad. And that's why it's so important to be responsible for our feelings. So for me, whether it's with my clients or with the monster kids or with the parents, I'm really responsible with my energy because my energy is soothing and it helps them come back down. I don't do this as well with my family, so I'm not expecting you to do it in all arenas, but bringing that energy back down so that people can calibrate to that instead of adding to their anxiousness, right? And showing, oh, let me show you, you're sad. Let me be sad with you to show you I care. I used to do that. This doesn't help the other person. It just, I, we, I wind up indulging in their pity party. So of course we're human and, and I'm human. And there are times that I can't be responsible with my energy. It could be those Friday nights or Thursday nights at the end of the week. And it's not that I can't, but I may not do it well. And, or I have so much going on inside of me that I have to feel the feelings and I need a place to verbally vomit and I need to feel those feelings and I give myself to feel it. And I need somebody that can hold the space for me like I do for my clients. And then I can get myself grounded. So, but it's not about showing up someplace and just blasting other people with our emotions and our energies. So when you walk into a room, be responsible for your feelings, know what you're feeling and get yourself grounded. We don't want to shrink and we don't want to puff up. We want to hold our sacred ground right? And our feelings come from our stories. So know your stories, no shame, because shame is highly contagious. And is that really what you want to bring into environment? You know, no matter what I'm experiencing throughout the day, and I learned this as like a 15 year old when I was a drama queen of when I would walk onto the pool deck, whatever happened at home or other places, I didn't need to bring it into the gate. I could leave it behind and really just allow myself to be with my friends and to be in the water and to have a great time. And those problems that were there 
well, they'll, they'll still be there and I'll get back to them. But in this two hours that I have in the pool, that was my bliss. And I learned that. So feelings are highly contagious. Be responsible for that. What is the energy you want to bring into the environment that you're showing up in? And think about that, whether it's the grocery store, going into a meeting, um, negotiating a deal, asking for a raise, having that vulnerable conversation with somebody you love. What is that feeling that you want to bring and be responsible for it? So do you want to live a more fulfilling life, overcome shame and fear, learn how to cultivate new stories about who you are and where you're going? I've poured years of experience into my premium group coaching program to help you achieve all of this and so much more. I call this program Enough, Your Daring Year. And I want to invite you to take a look and apply for this program. I have a new group starting in September and I've opened up the application process. Go and apply, put it out there and see if this is something that's a good fit for you. There's no obligation. Go and apply. To see all the details and apply today, go to howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. There's an application, submit it. I'll take a look at it. If I think you're a good fit for the program, we'll do a consult call, you and me on the phone, totally free, no obligation. And we'll see if this is the right thing for you. All right. Thank you so much. I'm smiling big for you. And thank you for listening. Have a fantastic day. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wide awake.